Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If anyone wants to know whether or not Mason Rudolph's really going to be the starter... This weekend in Seattle, and you'll note that I still can't even take the other concept seriously. Then ask yourself, how did the offensive line do? You'll have your answer. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. And yes, Mason Rudolph is going to be the starter against the Seahawks, mostly because for however critical I've been of Mike Tomlin's performance to date in the 2023 season and to extents seasons prior, I don't think he's an idiot. I really don't. This verbatim was what the man said yesterday at his press conference as it relates to his quarterbacks. And really, uh, we're in the same position with Kenny as we were last week. We'll give him a few reps and kind of see where that leads us. But just as I said a week ago in this setting, uh, Mason Rudolph was scheduled to be the quarterback for the week, and we'll see where Kenny is. We have the same mentality uh, as we start this week. Obviously, we have a great deal more comfort because of what we've seen in stadium um, from Mason Rudolph, and that helps us. Um, but we still really are in the same posture. Um, he He's got the ball to start the week, and uh, we'll see where Kenny is from a mobility perspective um, and and then kind of go from there and plan day by day based on the things that we see from that perspective. Let me translate that for you, first of all, from the Tomlinese, meaning what he's really trying to achieve with that assessment versus what he's saying. What he's really trying to achieve is to have his quarterback of choice facing the Seahawks in Seattle. And that, to keep repeating myself, is a no-brainer. That's going to be Mason. However, Tomlin has nothing to gain. The Steelers as a whole have nothing to gain from prematurely burying Kenny in the event he's needed. So what you can do is you can go through a whole week of practice And the first of those is this afternoon and say, well, you know what? We gave Kenny a shot, but that ankle just didn't turn out right. So Kenny will go through today's practice almost certainly as a limited participant. You'll make sure over the course of the week that Mason doesn't get hurt. You'll make it through to Friday and you can either have Kenny continue to be a limited participant or you can even have him be a full participant and say, you know what? We kind of ran out of clock there on Kenny. We're going with Mason, just like we said we would earlier in the week. And nobody's wounded. Nobody's bruised. Nobody's 
stuck six feet deep in the depth chart. So then you get out to Seattle. Let's just say that Mason has the worst first half you've ever seen a quarterback have. And you have Kenny standing there and available to come in at halftime. Now you've got Kenny and you have Kenny without ever having demoted him, without ever having embarrassed him. You following me on all this? That's it. That's what this is. Okay. Now I'm going to get to something that I think is more important, even though I know that's what everyone's going to be wanting to talk about. Because Tomlin was very effusive. And I mean, out of his way, effusive of praise for Mason's aggressiveness more than anything else. And I'm going to play another clip from Tomlin so you could hear it straight from him. I think highlighting that obviously was the play of Mason Rudolph, uh, but I don't think anything happened in game from a, his quality of play or mindset um, that we didn't talk about in here a week ago, the things that made him an attractive candidate under the circumstances. We talked about him having a great deal of belief in himself and being aggressive in mentality and play, and um, those things were confirmed uh, in game, I thought. Um, he did a really good job of being comfortable, being himself, communicating with people. People, um, regardless of the moments, um, I, I thought that showed the confidence that he has in himself showed. And I also thought um, that he remained aggressive throughout. I thought the the, the third and one touchdown to, to George in the third quarter is kind of reflective of that playing beyond situational circumstances and being aggressive. OK, now taking that, that singular element where Tomlin loved the third and one bomb to George. He loved the idea of the, the of the offense finally showing some teeth after two years. He also had th- these were more muted, but he had words of praise for the offensive line. But if you ask me, and this is just an interpretation on my part, these are kind of one and the same. Because the first most striking thing, and I mean chronologically first, in that game Saturday about Mason's performance was how he was not backing off that pocket. He was going to own that pocket or he was going to go down with it. But he wasn't about to budge and he wasn't about to look off his primary target. And he sure wasn't about to turn tail and run the way we've seen Kenny do for two years now. He was going to stand there and take it. So whether it was Trey Hendrickson or anybody else on that Cincinnati defense, on one play in particular, where Hendrickson was coming at him right in his face, right not, not a blindside thing, not a, oh, he hung in there because he didn't see him come. No, right in his face. And Mason knew he was going to get smashed. And he held on to it and fired across the middle, across the middle, to Allen Robinson for a completion. It wasn't the completion that was the star of the sequence. It wasn't the offensive line that was the star of the sequence. It was the quarterback. Because the quarterback committed to the principal play on the diagram. He didn't immediately check down, check down, check down, or run, 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 run. He hung in there. And if you talk to people who are or who have been offensive linemen, especially at the very top of their craft, they will all tell you that they will go to war 
for a quarterback who holds his ground. They know where he is. They know where they need to block. They know how they have to angle off the people that are coming and maybe have already gotten a little bit of an edge on them. So guess what happens? Miraculously, the offensive line looks a lot better. Did they actually perform better? It's hard to say. But it looks a lot better because it all makes more sense. It all follows much more closely the diagrams that are put into play all week long and really all year long by the coaching staff. And they love that sort of stuff. They love that even more than the offensive linemen love it. If there's one thing I've been telling you guys about Mason for several months now, it's that the main misperception that had to be ditched about him was that he still had those happy feet from when he was a kid. Those are gone. They're dead and gone. He stood in there the way an NFL starting quarterback is supposed to stand in there. And you know what? As a result, he's going to be an NFL starting quarterback this weekend when we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Jay, who says, DK... Do you think Kenny Pickett sitting will bring the best out of him or challenge him, knowing it's his fault that it's no longer his team? He looked very demoralized watching Mason Rudolph put up more stats in one game than he did in a season. Jay, I'm glad you brought that last part up, uh, if only because I'm going to really embrace taking a shot at it. Not at you, but... At this still image from the television screen that's made its way all around the internet of Kenny on the sideline looking sad uh, as if he's got some like Titanic orchestra behind him as the boat is sinking and it's all, you know, very morose and it's so unfair. It's beyond unfair to characterize his mood or his feelings about the team situation based on a single camera shot from above. Now, granted, that camera shot could just as easily have caught Kenny jumping up and down and supporting Mason, and they could have done the same thing with Mitch Trubisky, who had a similar expression in a similar shot. But this was the one that they got. This was the one that they put on TV. And you know what? It could just as easily have been him picking his nose. Now you picture Kenny picking his nose in that setting and you say, man, you know, Kenny's really more interested in digging for gold than he is in Mason's success out there and supporting his teammate. It's, it's a shame because we didn't know that Kenny was more invested in, you know, I don't know, boogerology or whatever. <laughs> I mean, this is so crazy. The stuff that, that, People who follow this franchise will attach any narrative to anything. 
and try to make it go. But this this one, this isn't you. I'm not picking on you, Jay. <laughs> no pun intended. I just mean that this this has gone everywhere, and it's just assumed the way you did that, well, this just must be true. Kenny's really upset. Listen, Kenny wasn't an option in this game. If you want me to quash this thing, Kenny was not active for this game. I don't know how many people who have fallen for this particular narrative even realize that. But Kenny was not someone the team could have summoned to go out there, even if they wanted to, because he wasn't made available to them medically. He was out. So there's no need for Kenny to get all mopey about a situation that, technically speaking, he couldn't control. Secondly, I didn't see, hear, or feel any such thing from Kenny when he was out the previous time, and Mitch was in. Now, maybe it's a little bit different because Mason goes out there and performs extremely well, whereas Mitch was terrible. Maybe. And I'm sure there's some human element of it that affects him. There's no way that it can't. There's only 32 of these jobs on the planet, and there's only one of them in Pittsburgh. And Kenny has shown, to his credit, that he craves being that guy in Pittsburgh. But to think that he's looking at this and getting despondent or cussing himself out over how poorly he might have performed in the couple of games leading up to this or that, or further to wonder whether or not he might seek motivation from it, uh, as Kenny himself has answered on multiple occasions over the past few months, he doesn't lack that sort of thing. He's an Intensely motivated dude. I think he's got some serious flaws as an NFL starting quarterback, but he is not lacking for want to. He is not lacking for drive and he is not lacking for confidence. So there's no need to take any of this any further than it, than it's already gone. Also be mindful of this. Nobody who is a decision maker or for that matter is a teammate would want to see you getting all crestfallen in that circumstance. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one of these tomorrow. 